L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey y'all, Eves here. Today's episode contains not just one, but two nuggets of history. Consider it a double feature. Enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we learn a smidgen of history every day. The day was May 27, 1905. The Battle of Tsushima, a major naval battle during the Russo-Japanese War of 1904-1905, began. By the end of battle the next day, the Japanese had defeated the Russian Navy. Russia and Japan had been fighting for control in Korea and Manchuria. When Russia reneged on an agreement to pull its troops from Manchuria, Japan decided to attack. So the Russo-Japanese War began in 1904 when Japan attacked Russian warships at Port Arthur on the Laodong Peninsula in southern Manchuria. The last major battle of the land war was fought in February and March of 1905 in what was then Mukden, Manchuria. In the Battle of Mukden, Russian forces retreated to northern Manchuria and the Japanese occupied all of southern Manchuria. But the Battle of Tsushima was the fight that secured Japanese dominance in the conflict. The Russian Baltic fleet, commanded by Admiral Zinovy Rajastinsky, had sailed from Liepia in October 1904. In early May, the fleet reached the China Sea and was headed for Vladivostok, a port city near Russia's borders with China and Korea, via the Tsushima Strait. But Admiral Togo Heihachiro, the commander of the Japanese combined fleet, was preparing his fleet for battle on the Korean coast near Pusan. 
Telgo's fleet consisted of four battleships, 27 cruisers, and many destroyers and torpedo boats. While Togo's fleet was thoroughly trained and used high-explosive shells, the Russians used armor-piercing rounds and had a fleet that was largely old and not in the greatest shape. The crews also were not as experienced. As the Russians tried to go through the strait, at around 4.55 a.m. on May 27, 1905, the picket cruiser Shinano Maru sent a wireless message to Togo regarding the fleet's position. Intercepted wireless signals informed the Russians that they had been discovered and that Japanese scouting cruisers were shadowing them. The wireless reports that Japanese scouting vessels sent gave the Japanese an advantage in the foggy conditions. Around 1.40 p.m., the Japanese spotted the Russians. As the battle ensued, command on the Russian side went to Rear Admiral Nikolai Nibagatov. The next morning, as Togo proceeded to inflict damage on the Russian fleet, Nibagatov signaled a surrender at 10.34 in the morning. The Japanese continued to sink Russian ships. Through the speed of his fleet and competence of his crews, Togo was able to defeat the Russians. The battle was the only decisive fleet action fought by steel battleships. The Russian fleet was basically destroyed, with 21 ships sunk, several captured and interned in neutral ports, and three ships escaped to Vladivostok. On the Russian side, 4,380 people were killed, and 5,917 were captured. On the Japanese side, three torpedo boats were destroyed, 583 people were wounded, and 117 people were killed. Japan grew in prominence as a naval power, while Russia declined as a naval power. The Japanese victory at Tsushima and political unrest in Russia led to a peace treaty signed in September of 1905 that formally ended the Russo-Japanese War. In the Treaty of Portsmouth, which was mediated by U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt, Russia recognized Japan as the dominant power in Korea and gave Port Arthur, the southern portion of Sakhalin Island, and the Laotong Peninsula to Japan. In 1905, the Russian Revolution broke out throughout the Russian Empire, incited by the defeat in the Russo-Japanese War and the desire for reform. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you haven't gotten your fill of history after listening to today's episode, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you again tomorrow for more tidbits of history. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. 
I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, y'all. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast for people who can't get enough history. The day was May 27, 1930. The Chrysler Building in Manhattan, New York, was completed. Until the Empire State Building was completed 11 months later, the Chrysler Building was the tallest building in the world. In New York in the 1920s, there was an intense competition to build the tallest skyscraper in the world. Some skyscrapers in the city were designed in the Art Deco style of the period, with bold geometric shapes, dynamic ornamentation, and striking colors. The 1920s were marked by a growing economy and mass consumerism, and that was reflected in the boom in skyscraper construction during the decade. There was the Paramount Building, completed in 1927, and the Fuller Building, designed by Walker and Gillette, was completed in 1929. Located on Broadway in Manhattan, the Woolworth Building is 792 feet tall. When it opened in 1913, it became the tallest building in the world. But in the late 1920s, there were other people vying for that top spot. The Bank of Manhattan Trust Building, now known as 40 Wall Street, was set to become the tallest building in the world. But ultimately, the Chrysler Building would take the title. William H. Reynolds was a real estate developer and a former New York State Senator. He had a long-term lease on a property at Lexington Avenue and 42nd Street. He hired architect William Van Allen to build an office tower called the Reynolds Building at the site. It was supposed to rise to 808 feet and be topped with a glass crown. It was also designed to have first floor showroom windows that were tripled in height, as well as glass wrapped corners, so that it would look like it was floating. But this design turned out to be too expensive and too advanced for Reynolds. In October of 1928, Reynolds sold the project and leased to Walter Chrysler, an auto industry executive. Chrysler worked with Van Allen on a new design for the building. It would be 925 feet tall and serve as the headquarters of the Chrysler Corporation. That said, the corporation never owned the building, nor did it have anything to do with its construction. Walter Chrysler personally financed the construction of the building so he could pass it on to his children. The building was constructed at an average rate of four floors per week. 
At the same time, H. Craig Severance, Van Allen's former partner, was working on the Bank of Manhattan Trust Building, intending to make it the tallest building in the world. But Van Allen was designing a 185-foot spire, which was delivered to the building in sections and secretly assembled. In November of 1929, the spire was raised into position. Like many other New York skyscrapers, the Chrysler Building was constructed with setbacks, or the ziggurat-like steps leading from the broad base of the building to its tower. The first tenants moved into the Chrysler Building in April of 1930, and on May 27th, formal opening ceremonies were held. The 77-story building is known for its Art Deco design. The corner ornamentation includes gargoyles, Chrysler radiator caps, and eagles. It also has geometric decorations, and at one point it had an observation deck on the 71st floor. The building got mixed reviews, with some people praising its modernism and others criticizing it as unoriginal and meaningless. Less than a year after it was built, the Empire State Building surpassed the Chrysler Building as the tallest in the world, but it is still the world's tallest still-supported brick building. In 1976, the building was declared a National Historic Landmark. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us via email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.